Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, and you are listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This week, we are on Unit 25, Session 5, titled The True Prophet, which is a session focused on the doctrine of Christ as prophet. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, he immediately turned heads. There were miracles, yes, and understandably, these fascinated people. But beyond his miracles, which Jesus often tried to downplay, Jesus let his words go forth in people's hearing and in their sharing afterward. Jesus taught with authority in a way that completely stunned and amazed the people who heard him. No one had ever seen or heard anyone teach the way Jesus taught. The content was important. The method of delivery varied from parables to teachings to condemnations. But what routinely stood out to people was the air of authority with which he spoke. This helped to gather crowds of interested listeners. But Jesus wasn't accepted by everyone. In fact, though many people immediately desired to follow Jesus, they lacked staying power because the teachings of Jesus were very difficult for them to understand and accept. Jesus, the true prophet, not only declared the way to the Father, but when he did, he revealed himself as the only way. Jesus fulfills the office of prophet from the Old Testament, declaring words of eternal life to the world. In point one, we see that Jesus, the Word, possesses unique authority. Remember that this is a doctrine session, so the Bible passages we look at in this session will bounce around a bit to help give a whole Bible understanding to the doctrine of Christ as prophet. We begin in Mark 1 at the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. Jesus and some of his disciples entered the city of Capernaum, which would become his home base for ministry. In verse 23 and following, Jesus would drive out an unclean spirit from a man, and this would amaze the people. But in verses 21 through 22, our focal passage, the people in the synagogue are initially astonished just on the basis of Jesus' teaching, because he taught with authority, and not like one of the scribes. The commentary on leader page 58 will help you grasp and communicate the significance of this distinction. Scribes validated their teaching by reference to other scholars. They trusted the conclusions of others, which no doubt were based on the conclusions of others. They cited names and footnoted their statements. Not that these things are wrong, but Jesus taught from a very different authority, his own authority, as the Son of God. In various places in the Gospels, Jesus validated the Old Testament scriptures by referring to them as authoritative and true, and he spoke with his own authority in giving the meaning, intent, and application of the scriptures as God intended, since He is God in the flesh. These days, it seems popular to elevate the red letters of Jesus in our Bibles, as if these are more authoritative than the rest of the scriptures. But that is missing the point of God's inspiration of His Word. Jesus is featured prominently in the Gospels, but as the Word who was with God and who was God in the beginning, The Son of God has been speaking in and through the Word of God for all of time. This includes both the Old and New Testaments, the whole Bible. It is all a testimony to point us to the Son of God for our faith and salvation. By virtue of the Holy Spirit's inspiration of the biblical writers, even the words of Paul and the other apostles recorded in the New Testament carry the authority of Christ. We should view the whole Bible as the red letters of Jesus. Returning to our focal passages, we cover a second passage in this point, Deuteronomy 18, 18 18-20. 
Jesus spoke with inherent authority in the Gospels, and this fulfilled the prophecy we find in Deuteronomy 18. God promised to raise up a prophet like Moses, who was a pinnacle prophet of the Old Testament. Through Moses, God brought Israel out of slavery, gave them his law, and brought them to the edge of the promised land. But even greater than Moses would be the prophet the Lord would raise up after him. People's life and eternal destiny would depend on their response to the words of this prophet, whether that be faith or rejection. From this passage, the Jews in the Gospels would refer to the prophet come, and whether they recognized him or not, Jesus was and is that prophet. As the perfect Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus perfectly reveals to us the Father and the way of salvation. In point two, we see that Jesus, the Word, provides eternal life. For this point and the next, we move to the Gospel of John. In John 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000, walks on water, and then teaches about himself as the bread of life. The teaching in this section does two things simultaneously. Jesus paints himself as greater than Moses, and he confuses and upsets his audience. There is a sense of awkwardness reading through the passage as the people misunderstand Jesus' teaching, and Jesus continues on, letting them misunderstand. In fact, Jesus seems to lean into this. The audience struggles with the concept of eating his flesh and drinking his blood, but Jesus does not let up. We recognize this as symbolism and the foundation of the Lord's Supper. But because the audience hearing Jesus firsthand took Jesus literally, many of the disciples following him left him that day. This teaching was just too hard for them to take. But Jesus' twelve disciples stuck around. Even Judas, of whom we are told in verse 64, that Jesus knew even then that Judas would betray him. In the context of a crowd of would-be disciples walking away, Jesus asked his disciples if they were going to go too. But Peter, speaking for the twelve, answered with faith in Jesus as the promised prophet. He said, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter and all but one of the disciples recognized that Jesus was their hope for salvation, and this hope hung upon Jesus' words. Only in and through Jesus would they and us hear about the fulfillment of God's plan to save people from their sins and give them eternal life. All the scriptures testify to this truth, but Jesus makes it clear for us. In point three, we see that Jesus, the Word, reveals the Father. We turn now to one of the most famous and memorized verses in the Gospel of John. Not John 3.16, but John 14.6. In John 14, Jesus has begun a teaching about the future. After his crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus will ascend to the right hand of the Father, leaving the physical presence of his disciples. In this passage, Jesus preemptively seeks to comfort them and us with the purpose of his leaving. He is going away to prepare a place for his disciples to receive and enjoy when he comes again. The joy of that place is found in the fact that Jesus' disciples will be with Jesus for all eternity, as he said in verse 3, so that where I am, you may be also. Then curiously, Jesus said in verse 4, you know the way to where I am going. 
Thomas replies that the disciples don't know where Jesus is going in the first place, so how can they know the way? They don't yet grasp the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension that Jesus will traverse in the next few days. But Jesus responds with a beautiful and comforting metaphorical statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus paved the way for our salvation and entrance into God's presence with his sacrificial death on the cross in our place for our sins. And then he was raised from the dead. We follow this path by faith, dying to ourselves, taking up our cross, suffering in this world for the sake of Jesus' name, so that we too may share with him in the power and joy of his resurrection and eternal life. Jesus is the truth about God and the way to God. He tells us the truth in his word. He has perfectly lived the truth of his word, and we must decide if we are going to listen to him or reject him in favor of another truth, perhaps even our own truth, as the world often says. But all of these alternate truths lead to death, hell, and destruction. Jesus is the life, the source of our hope and reality for resurrection from the dead to experience eternal life with him in the Father's presence. Apart from Jesus, apart from faith in him, we cannot enter God's presence and we cannot be saved. All our hopes for this rest in Jesus alone. And Jesus assured his disciples of this hope because of the reality of his relationship with the Father. In the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. To know Jesus is to know the Father. To know Jesus by faith is to receive the hope of entering into the presence of God for all eternity, having been saved completely from sin and death at Jesus' second coming. In the Old Testament, God sent prophets to the people to share his words. These were authoritative because they are the word of God. Jesus, the word of God, is the ultimate prophet, sharing the words of eternal life found through faith in him. Because Jesus came to us, sharing the words of eternal life found in him, words that we receive by faith through the inspired scriptures, we believers should share this good news of Jesus with all those around us, always open to following God's leading to go anywhere he would have us to go to proclaim this gospel. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.